Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Genesis, the second chapter, if you're new to Christianity, new to the Bible, uh, Genesis 2, uh, in Genesis 1, it talks about the creation of uh, everything that is. It works through the six days of creation. It works through the creation of man. And then Genesis 2, you sort of jump right into the story of man and his initial fall. You know this, if you've been around church any amount of time, that God created Adam. And then he went to Adam and said, it's not good for you to be alone. And he created a woman. He created Eve for Adam. And so Adam and Eve are in the garden. And the Bible says in Genesis 2, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there really quickly. Genesis 2, it tells the story of Eve and Adam and their fall. That's probably at the top of your Bible, at the top of that chapter called the fall of Adam and Eve. You know what happens? Eve finds a tree, she takes the fruit, and she gives it to her husband, Adam. God says, how did you know this? Who did this to you? And sin enters the world. Here's the interesting thing about Genesis 2. The Bible says that God put in the center of the Garden of Eden two trees. Everybody say two trees. Those two trees, the first one was called the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The second was called the tree of life. Write that down at the top of your notes tonight. I'm going to talk about the tree of life for just a couple of moments. There are two trees in the Garden of Eden and I propose to you there are two trees in your life. There are two types of people and only two types of people in this world. There are only two types of churches in this world. And some of you are thinking, man, I've been to a bunch of them. A bunch of them are different. None of them are like this one. There's only two types of people and two types of churches. There are churches that focus on the knowledge of good and evil. And I'm just going to be honest with you. When you eat that fruit, it's dead. It's death. That's what it produces. And then there are churches like CLC. That's the tree of life. And when you take from the tree of life, the Bible said there was everlasting life attached to that tree and the fruit of that tree. As a matter of fact, when Adam and Eve took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they sinned, the Bible said that God made them close and then he put them outside of the garden and he put an angel there and he put a flaming sword there to guard the garden of Eden. Do you know what the Bible says in Genesis 2 that he was guarding? The tree of life. He didn't want them back in. Sin couldn't touch the tree of life. You go all the way through your Bible, Revelation, the 21st chapter, the last chapter of your Bible, you'll find the tree of life again. You know where it shows up? In heaven, in the new Jerusalem. That same tree of life is there. There are some people in your life that give you life. You know what I'm talking about? There are some people in your life who take your life. You know what I'm talking about? Don't point at nobody. Especially if you're married to the person I'm talking about. (laughs) There are some tree of knowledge of good and evil people in this world. All they want to do is take life from you. All they want to do is tell you what's wrong and what's right in this world. And most of the time they can't find any right. All they want to do is tell you what's what's going wrong. And listen, the world's in a terrible spot. I'm not trying to sugarcoat how bad the world is right now. But if I have a choice, I'm going to surround myself with tree of life kind of people. I want people when I get around them, they give me life. I want to be in a church when I get there on Wednesday night. It's full of life. I can feel his presence. I can get in his house and there's life there. Shout amen to that. 
I want to be a life-giving person. Not only do I want to be around that, I want to be that. I want you to be that. I want us to be life-giving people, tree of life people. Often in the Bible, you'll find the child of God related to a tree. You'll see this all throughout the Bible. You'll see our relationship with God being that of agriculture. Anybody have a garden? Would you raise your hand? Good. Anybody grow an ochre that you can give me, please? Thank you for that, or squash, or I don't see my friends, the, the fluids. Are they, are they here? I just can't see you. Every year, because they love me more than anybody else on staff, they would bring me squash and zucchini and okra. Pickled okra, anybody? Y'all don't know about no pickled okra. I am still eating pickled okra that Claire Fluitt made me before I left here. And I was hoping she would be here tonight. She obviously doesn't have the gift of discernment and didn't know. Often in the Bible, you'll find our relationship with God being like that of a garden, that of a a vineyard, that of an agriculture. You'll see plants and trees. And so I just want to talk for 20 minutes or so about your relationship with God and being the tree of life. I want to talk about five trees. I want to talk about five trees and five different types of people. I hope that you're taking notes. Grab somebody's checkbook beside you and rip out a deposit slip. That's what my mama used to take notes on. You ever do that? You ever take notes on your deposit slip? My mama, all my life in church, took notes on the back of her deposit slip. I want to give you five trees, five different people. Everybody in this room will be one of these five people. Some of you are in the middle of becoming something else. Some of us recognize who we are. Some of us have no idea that you're the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Everybody else knows. Your husband surely knows. Your wife really knows. Your kids know which one you are. Your boss knows which one you are. Most of the time, you can't hide that, right? Maya Angelou, the great poet, said this, When someone shows you who they are, believe them. When somebody shows you who they are, just believe them. Most of the time, you can't hide the fruit that you produce. Most of the time, it just is what it is. It's why I grew up in a church that was spirit-filled that would preach to us, about a doctrine called initial evidence. And while I believe in the evidence of the Holy Spirit, here's the biblical language. The biblical language of the evidence of the Holy Spirit is fruit. Fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, your Bible would say there are fruit of the Spirit, and they're multiple, but it didn't use plurality. It just said there's one fruit, and it has all of these facets. In other words, there's a tree that you can become that produces fruit. When people walk up to you, they go, man, I don't know what it is about you, but I like what you got. I just like being around you. This is the tree of life that I'm around. This is I love the fruit that you have, and I want to talk to you about being that kind of tree. I think there are probably five. There may be more. This is what the Bible said in Psalms. David opens up his book of poetry this way, Psalms 1 and 1. He says, Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person, everybody say that person. That's the person I want to be. Here he comes. This is what that person is. That person is like a tree that's planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Now, this is the part that absolutely astounds me. Whatever they do prospers. 
Your Bible says you can get to a point, I can get to a point in our life where the fruit that we produce in the right season and the leaves that we have that never wither, that kind of person who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night, that kind of person who chooses who's in their life and who's not in their life, when you learn how, when I learn how to become planted and that kind of person, the Bible says whatever you do will prosper. How many of you want that kind of life? I want that kind of life. I want whatever I do to prosper. If I grow a garden, I want to have bigger tomatoes than y'all got. I want the biggest tomatoes anybody on my blocks got. If I start a business, I want it to be the best business. If I sell something, I want, I want to sell more than you sell. I want everything I do to prosper. Have you ever met somebody like that? You feel like, here's what we say in the South. We say, man, everything they touch turns to gold. Everything turns to gold. They just prosper. You ever met people like that? Raise your hands. Come on. I've met folks like that. What's the secret to that success? What's the secret of people who prosper everything that they touch? I think they are tree of life people. I think they're life-giving people. I think they've decided, I'm not going to be like another tree. I'm going to give life. Here's five things I hope you're taking notes. Number one, you can be a small tree. You can be a small tree. When Brandy and I moved to Bernie and December of last year, we bought a new construction home, and we liked older homes. Do you like older homes? We, we wanted something, but we had sort of a short time frame, and so we really couldn't. And I got two hands, but Brother Keith, they're not handy. You know that. You know I can't do anything with them. And so I would have had to hire somebody to do anything. So while Brandy wanted an older home that we could turn around and we could make our own, it just didn't make, make sense. We didn't have the time. And Frankly, I don't know what I'm doing. And so we bought a new construction home. Now, the problem with new construction homes is when they go in, they, they clear the entire uh, neighborhood. Have you noticed this? Do you live in a, in, in a neighborhood like this? They take down all the trees. You know what I mean? So we ride around beautiful Bernie, Texas in the hill country, and it's gorgeous, and there's 100-year oaks everywhere except our neighborhood. In our neighborhood, they plant these little bitty old weak, anemic, preemie baby trees. My little yard has two of them. My landscaper's so proud of it. We've lived there just seven months, and one of them's already died. <laughs> terrible little old weak trees, just terrible little small trees. We called the landscaper and said, this ain't right. I don't know what I'm doing, but seven months, it ought to last longer than that. Some people are just small Trees. Some people, they don't die, they just don't grow past a certain point. Some people's marriages don't fail, they just cease to grow past a certain point. Some people's relationship with God doesn't fail, their faith hasn't failed them, it's just stunted in its growth. You look out over and you see oak trees of faith and they're little bitty old saplings just sitting there 20 years from now. Most of the time, small trees are indignant about being small trees. You ever met somebody who champions smallness? Most of the time, people that are small trees, they say things like this. I like it small because, you know, I know everybody. You know somebody like that? Let me tell you what that's code word for. Nobody likes you. <laughs> you ain't got no friends. <laughs> Small trees are people who just say, I, 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 I like it small like this. You, you know what small trees, what small people, you know what that really means? I can control this as long as it stays small. 
I can control my marriage and my relationships and my job and my finances and my church and my spiritual life. I can control what remains small enough for me to be larger than it. And I don't want it to get too large. We've met people on our journey in planning a church who say, we'd like to come to your church. We just talked about this, Brandy and I, on the way over. We'd like to come to your church because it's a small church. And when I hear that, the first thing I say is, it won't be for long, baby. If you like small, you're not going to like this church. Let me tell you what small church people, let me tell you what that really means. That means I can control this if it's small. It means I, I have my hands around this. Some people like to stay, they stay comfortable with small. But if you're a person in the room who says, you know what, I'm meant to grow. I'm meant to get bigger. I'm not meant to stay where I am. I, I'm not meant to, I should be further along than I am right now. I'm not satisfied with smallness. I'm ready for all that God has for me. If that you let me affirm you tonight let me tell you you and I were meant to grow shout amen to that write this in your notes healthy things grow if you don't believe it look at my waistline healthy things grow healthy things grow healthy things grow Healthy things grow. If something's not growing in your life, don't worry about what external forces are against it. Worry about its health. If your spiritual life isn't growing, it's not because you're not being fed here. It's because you're not healthy. If your marriage isn't growing, it's not necessarily because of external forces. It's because internally I'm not healthy and only healthy things grow. If you're not growing... You're not healthy. If you're satisfied with small living, small things, small people, small crowds, small things. Luke 2 says this, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Now I stopped on the stature part. And favor with God, with God and man. I've been this height for about 16, 17 years. This is all I got. I tell Henry every morning, get used to those pants. Those are the biggest ones you're ever going to wear. Pastor Blake, you know what I'm talking about. Don't laugh. The Bible says Jesus grew. Listen, why do you think Jesus had to grow in wisdom and you've got it all figured out? The Son of the living God had to grow in grace and grow in wisdom. And you and I come to God and think we've got it all figured out. No, no, no. The Bible says you and I were made to grow. I don't want you to accept the limitations and restrictions and doubts of your life. I, don't, I want you to make progress in your life. I want you to expand in your life. I want to be a big tree of life kind of person. We aren't called to live small lives, guarded lives, safe lives, cautious lives. We're called to live daring and bold and faith-filled lives. We're called to grow. Shout amen. That's a tree of life come to person. Number two, I got to hurry. Y'all, I'm, I'm watermelon. <laughs> Write watermelon at the top of your page so you'll keep me on pace. Number two, an average tree. An average tree. I want to encourage you to resist the standards of this culture to mediocrity. Average trees are the kind you look by and you go, you know what, that's not really small, that's not really beautiful and big oak, that's just a, 
This kind of an average tree. Most people find themselves in this average tree kind of life. It's not that things are bad, but things are just good enough. It's not that things are great, things are just getting by. We base our lives, average tree people, on the standard of what everybody else does. They kind of look over the crowd and they go, well, if everybody else is doing it, I guess I'm okay. When I was growing up, mom wouldn't let me bring home a C. Are any of you parents that way? A C was an F to her. It was the same thing to her. She would have rathered me. One day she told me this. This is a true story. I got a spanking for bringing home a C and... Those two things are probably not correct to tell you that I got spanking and, and I got in trouble for bringing home a C, but I, I did. And, and she said to me, she said, I'd rather you bring home an F. I said, Mama, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. If you want me to try less, I'll try less. <laughs> she said, no, no, no. At least in an F, I would know something was wrong. You didn't grasp it. Things weren't right. Something happened. A C tells me you just barely got by. You just, you, you didn't try your hardest. I know that you didn't try your hardest. Some of us are just living average lives. We're not giving God our best. We're just giving God what's left over in our lives. We're not giving God our first. We're just giving God whatever we've got remaining. The Bible says that Jesus has called us to more than average. In the days of Jesus, Roman soldiers could walk by a a, a citizen of a territory and they could cause them to carry whatever was in their hands, but they could only carry it for one mile. Not only could the Roman soldier lay whatever it was in his hands, in your hands, and cause you to walk with him one mile, but he could demand the coat that was on your back be given to him. Jesus walks into this culture and here's what he said. He said, if he asks you to go one mile, go with him. Two. And if he asks for his coat, give him your cloak. Jesus said, I want you to be second mile people. I don't want you to do the average. I don't want you to do status quo. I want you to be ambitious. I want you to always be stretching for more. I want you to be stretching for more in your relationship with God, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances. Remember, David didn't say that I'm like most people in my neighborhood. He didn't say, well, our marriage is like everybody else's marriage. He didn't say our kids are just like everybody else's kids. He said, no, no, no. I'm like a tree that's planted by the water, and because of that, I flourish. I flourish. Everything I touch prospers. My marriage is prospering. My life is prospering. My relationships, my relationship with God is prospering. You and I can't settle For average, shout amen to that. Make it your goal to go above and beyond average. Don't let yourself get in the trap of thinking that most people think it's okay. It doesn't matter what most people think. Come on, you you told your kids if everybody else jumped off a bridge... Truth is, most of us would just jump off a bridge. That's what we would do. If everybody else is not me, no, no, no. I'm going to be a tree of life. I'm going to be planted by streams of water and everything I touch is going to prosper. I'm going to flourish in God's house. I'm going to be planted here and when I plant myself here, everything I touch will prosper. Are you tracking with me? Say amen. We move at some point in our life from being learners to being knowers. At some point in our life, we move from being learners to being knowers. I, I have a, a four-year-old, almost five-year-old little girl that we had in Austin, Texas. And I have a almost two-year-old little boy that we had here in Austin. And it's amazing to me the things that they learned and then now the things that they know. At some point in your life, we go from learning things to knowing things. You understand what I'm saying? 
Here's the problem with that. In your relationship with God, there comes a point where we transition from learners to knowers. Oh, I know that already. Oh, I, I know that about God. Oh, 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 I, I know what that, I know what he's going to say next. I know what we're going to do. I knew about watermelons. I know, I know all that. And there's no room for learning. Here's the problem with that. If you know everything, there's no room for you to grow. Whatever you currently know is the level that you'll always be. Whatever you currently know is the level you'll always be. If you're just a knower, you're going to be average and know what everybody else knows, not me. No, no, no. When I come to God's house, I'm going to be a learner. I'm going to say, God, whatever it is you have for me, that's what I want. God, however you want to use me, that's what I want. I want to constantly be learning and growing in my relationship. with. Don't clap too much. You settle for average when you stop learning. Come on, say amen. amen. Number three, an infected tree. An infected tree. Most trees get infected. Listen, most trees get infected when the infection that's in another tree spreads its infection to it. Let me tell you again. Most trees get an infection because something they're planted next to is infected and it infects them. And my dad and mom live in northwest Arkansas. And when we had grandkids, when my brother and I started having babies, they planted fruit trees in their backyard for our grand, uh, for, for our babies, for their grandchildren. And one year my dad called. He said, I've had this peach tree five years and it's not produced anything. And then one year, it's just overflowing. It's absolutely amazing what's producing on this fruit tree. I said, what do you think it is? He said, I asked a horticulturalist to come look and somebody from our landscaping company that had planted them, what had happened? And here's what he said. He said that for five years there was infection. This tree was sick. But at some point in, in, in the course of this last year, there has been something good that has been transferred to this dying, infected tree. And by doing that, now everything is better for this tree. There's something that got life in it and it spread to this tree. Let me just tell you, it matters who you're planted beside. It matters what disease they carry. Now I'm not talking about real disease. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all look right ahead. I'm not talking about. It matters what disease in their mind they carry, what disease in their heart they carry. Are they prejudiced people? Are they hate-filled people? Are they people without joy? Are they people without happiness? Are their marriages always in trouble? Are their finances in trouble? Is everything always chaos with them? Let me just, let me pause here to tell you, if it's always a circus where you are, you're probably the clown. Some folks can't figure out why it is. You know what I mean? You you ever been in a crowded room and you smell something? (laughs) And you know it's him and he don't know it's him? (laughs) Some folks don't know they're infected and they're planted beside you. And the only way you get infected is because you're planted beside something else that's infected. Proverbs 4 says, Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be protective about where I plant myself. I'm going to make sure I'm planted around people that are lifting me up and not pushing me down. People that are encouraging my walk with God, my relationship with Jesus. People that are bringing me to church, not taking me away from church. Come on, somebody. 
It matters where you planted. It matters who you listen to. It matters what's on the radio and what you watch. It matters the infection you let in your life. Oh, I'm preaching good now. Churches, I've been preaching and don't let me preach like this. I may preach against something here in a minute. (laughs) I'm kidding. It matters. It matters. It matters because there are infections that are in the air. There are infections in the soil. And if you don't get plants, why I love Christian Life Church. Because if you plant here, you're planting in good soil. Because there are churches, there are religious, listen, I don't, I tell you this without any apology. There are places that are infected soils. And I see people who are plucked up in those religious environments and I think, man, what's wrong with you? Why do you feel that way about church? Why do you feel that way about God? Oh, it's not their fault. They were planted in infected soil, not me. I'm going to come to Christian Life Church because this is good soil. I'm going to get planted here because this is healthy. I can grow here. I can. This is the tree of life for me. Say amen to that. Last thing, watermelon's coming. Come on, Pastor Randy, give them hope. The fourth thing is an uprooted tree. An uprooted tree. Brandy and I, now 11 years ago, lived through Hurricane Katrina. We had an apartment in Biloxi, Mississippi. We were on the back bay. We had a first floor apartment on the back bay of Biloxi, Mississippi. The hurricane, the largest to ever hit American Soil came rolling in Bay St. Louis, just 15 miles from our house, and it completely destroyed everything that we owned, everything that we had. We had a small car that had one suitcase we had escaped with, and everything was gone. And I remember the day after Hurricane Katrina hit on August the 29th, August the 30th, we drove back to Biloxi from where we had rode out the storm. It was like a war zone. It was crazy. It was crazy. There were there was sand everywhere. You couldn't you couldn't find roads. The roads were gone. The 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 buildings, the, the markers, you, it took us hours to figure out where we were. Interstates were wiped out. It was, it was horrific. One of the things that was so remarkable to me were whole trees, oaks that were hundreds of years old, had been plucked up, and you could see all of their roots, hundreds of years worth of history of roots, and, and literally just, just plucked up, uh, uprooted out of the ground. Psalms 92 says this, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, and they'll grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Listen, here's how they grow. If they're planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14 says, They will still bear fruit in old age, and they'll stay fresh and green. The only way I know to tell you to be a tree of life is to stay planted in the house. The only way I know to tell you how to be a life-giving person, how to have a life-giving marriage, how to have a life-giving relationship with God is to be planted in the house. Every good thing in my life came to me in God's house. Everything. I met my wife in God's house. I, we, we had our babies. This is a true story. I don't even know if... I know you know this, Pastor. I don't know, but most of you may not know this. We couldn't have children for 10 years. We didn't know what was wrong. We were too scared to ask what was wrong. And then we come to Austin. We have two healthy babies. I can't tell. We didn't do anything different. We didn't go to the doctor. I'm just telling you, God just worked a miracle. We had babies. That's all I can tell you. Listen. Listen. We left the hospital, the Women's Center, St. David's. Is that where Caitlin just had her baby? Yeah. We drove from the Women's Center, our first baby. Now, you got to think, for 11 years, we had prayed for our baby. 
And the first place we went, we left the doctor. Everybody goes home. Everybody was waiting at home. All of our grandparents, everybody was taking pictures. Go home, go home. No, 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 no. The very first place we took our miracle baby was that back door. Listen, listen, listen. You don't have to do what we do. It's not, it's not about, I'm just telling you. We walked her up here. I laid her right here, right here. And I told that little girl, I said, baby, listen to me. If the, if the whole world falls apart, if daddy messes it up and I will, if mama messes it up and she will, if everything in our life doesn't make sense, if the world goes to hell in a handbasket, this is the safest place in all the world. This is the best place you could possibly be. This is the only hope we got is God's house. And I walked her up here. I So help me God. I walked her all over this stage. I said, this is where we worship God. This is where daddy preaches the word of God. This, this is what we do. I walked her where you're sitting. I said, these are the people of God. They're the best people in all the world. They're the best people that you'll ever meet. This is God's house. And we got to get planted in the house. We flourish in the house. Stand to your feet. I don't want to be uprooted. I want to be planted. That's the fifth thing. If you want to be fruitful, if you want to be prosperous, if you want to be flourishing, the Bible says you've got to plant yourself in the house. Let me just encourage you right here as we start into fall, as we go into school, I know things are going to get busy, sports and school and work and everything. Listen, the best thing you could possibly do if you want to be a tree of life is get connected to a tree of life like this house. Bow your heads, let me pray. Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation of people. I thank you that week in and week out, they are faithful to God's And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening. Thank you.